The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. And that was that always was... my uh, impression of what everybody in California is like. <laughs> and as it's, we'll it's, learn tonight, it's not far off. It's, well, it's really not. <laughs> but when it's off, it's real off. Well, that was the uh, that was the double shot uh, of the California with the classic Beach Boys tune sung by you know the quintessential California 
lead a, vocalist a from of, Van of Halen. California. Sure, yeah. with Diamond David Lee Roth. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we have an agenda, and we'll get to that soon enough. I say, it reeked of California, so... Yeah, and I finally yeah. found an excuse to uh, open up with a Diamond Dave song. Nice, so there. nice. So, yeah, that was uh, off his first solo LP, Crazy from the Heat, 1985. Oh. All right. And uh, that one actually went to number three in the wow. charts. Yep. If I remember correctly, he had he had a decent amount of success with this. Initially. Initially. He did. Yeah. <laughs> and it slowly tapered off. Uh. But, uh, you know, fun fact about this one, because I can very rarely tell you something about organized music that you haven't heard already, you jaded bastard. Indeed. Um, background vocals yeah. in his remake sung by Carl Wilson. Really? And, oddly enough, Christopher Cross. No King shit. of Light Sailing Rock. Sailing Christopher yes, Cross? Yes, Wow. Theme from Arthur, that guy. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Diamond Dave had some interesting friends, yeah. apparently. Well, he had to replace, you know, Michael Anthony and, uh, and Eddie on the background vocals. Which so. was no, you know, easy thing to do. Those guys right. had the high harmony thing going on. Yeah, so it just worked. Of course, came with the... You know, fun, overly long video, which was du Regeer back in the day. Yeah. And uh, that must have given Christopher Cross some, some bona fides that he did not have prior to. Maybe owed him a favor. Yeah, perhaps. Never know. Perhaps. You never know. Yeah, good stuff. A little yeah. bit of fun. But yes, very indicative of where we're going tonight with, uh, with the opening topic. Right. And in many ways, um, history might remember this as a. It's a very special Michael Sean Lee episode. <laughs> but no, not, not really. It's, it's more like, um, you know, to lay it out, we're, we're talking about all things California. Well, yeah. not all things. Uh, snarky, current, what the a fuck perception, happened? Perception kind of, yeah. things, yeah. Yes, perception things. Yeah, well, having, having well, yeah, lived a significant amount of time, 25 years out there. Right, so that I makes was, you the closest thing to an expert yeah, was in this very, studio. I was very excited when you when you suggested this topic. I was yep. like, yeah, this could be fun. All right. See, truthfully, I know you miss it, so this gives you a chance to, to purge that. Man, every right February... Right as we're entering autumn in New England. Every <laughs> February where I'm freezing my ass off, I am daydreaming of palm trees. There's no doubt about that. So it's going to serve... Several purposes. Yeah. All right. This is our 123rd episode. Wow. So let's just jump right in. Now, our intention as we get started isn't to be a, a tit for tat, although naturally, by your own volition, you're going to walk into a defensive role. Well, I, I do feel a, a need to defend my adopted hometown. Uh-huh. You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, your, your, your friends and your family. You know, you didn't get a chance to, to choose your family, of course, but you choose your friends. Right. I didn't get a chance to choose my hometown, you know, growing up in the, as Bill Burr would say, the safe suburbs of Boston. <laughs> but, uh, but I did choose Los Angeles and, uh-huh. uh, and was very, very happy that I did. I think I, I think I lasted a lot longer out there than most East Coast folks do. Mm-hmm. Though I do still have a couple of friends who were originally from the East Coast who are still out there and, and happy to say doing well. Good. Despite everything. You know? Yep. Despite the fact that the whole state is on fire. And that's what everybody says. Just like leaving a job, you miss the bullshit. Or you don't miss the bullshit, rather. You miss the people. Yeah. Yeah. So and, I hear you. you know, rose-colored glasses, too, I will admit. Mm-hmm. I will admit. So how do you want to attack this? I mean... Um, uh, well, you know, you had a couple of interesting points about the perception mm-hmm. uh, of California. And I, you know, wanted to explore those things and find out what the difference was, if there was any, between right. the perception and the actual fact. And you're right. And I'll, I'll, I'll tag team on that. Um, you nailed it. The impetus for this conversation was me saying, pretty much paraphrased, "Gee, California's a shit show." <laughs> and then he retorted with, "Yeah, but so let's pick it up right there." Well, it's it's, <laughs> you know, from from living out there and gleaning. Uh, the perception outside of the folks living there. 
I did come to realize over the years that the perception via the media mm-hmm. it's it's a lot more extreme than the actual reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in a lot of ways too, like we were talking about pre-show. Uh, in going there from the Northeast, I did adjust my perception of crazy versus normal and found that I had to move the bar a bit more onto crazy uh-huh. uh, to, to take it in and, and consider things, you know, that most people would consider crazy mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. You know? Some would call it the new normal. Yeah, yeah, or just the twisted normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I will say that uh, that yeah, there's some sensationalizing that obviously goes on through the media in regards to California, and you know when I was growing up, um, California was that uh, mystical city on the hill kind sure, of a thing. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that attracted me to it, and uh, and like I was like we were talking about pre-show, I discovered. Fairly, fairly quickly after I got there, that the the real big difference in attitudes between the Northeast and the Southwest, particularly California, in the Northeast you come up with a crazy, wacky, nutty idea. Most people are going to say, "Why? Mm-hmm. You know, why would you do that? That's it's it's not going to work. It's going to fail. You know, get a real job, right, cut your hair, right. blah blah blah." <laughs> Whereas out there, the, the attitude is more, why not? Go uh, for it. See what happens. I do believe in you. I just know you're going to fail. And that was something that I learned over the course of my time being there. Is somebody would come to you and have this completely insane idea, like, I'm going to do this and blah, 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 that. And, and in your mind going, oh, my God, that's freaking insane. That's, mm-hmm. you know, yes, watching the F-bombs. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when you're there, again, once you acclimate to it, you learn not to do that mm-hmm. because, I don't know, one in a hundred of these completely ridiculous, this will never work, extremely stupid ideas does in fact work, blows up. Somebody suddenly becomes a mogul or, you know, the, the shining star. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you look like the idiot for saying it would never work. Right. So you kind of adjust your perspective and you adjust uh, how you look at things. Uh, when you're out there to that point, I guess. And a lot of it obviously comes from the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole dreams come true thing. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's a very transitory state. There's a big reason why uh, storage is a big business out there. <laughs> um, the vast majority of people who are out there aren't from there. They come there from somewhere else chasing a dream, uh, a dream that... People in their hometown probably told them they were effing crazy right. to even begin to contemplate, but they go out there and they find people who say, yes, go for it. It's very encouraging. Mm-hmm. You know, and the crazier the idea, the better. Right. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, over the, the time that I was there, I saw many, many lunatic ideas work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And you see a lot of people. I mean, I still, you know, watching late night TV and whatnot, you know, we'll see people that I worked with, people that I had acting classes with, uh, people that I hung out with, people that I partied with, are, you know, in prominent places in the entertainment industry. Uh, couple, I was just watching uh, Sully, that uh, Clint Eastwood flick, mm-hmm. about the, uh, the pilot that landed the plane on the, the Hudson River, I think yep. it was. Yep. And, yeah, somebody from my acting class was on that plane. Hmm. You know, I recognized a redheaded girl. Her name escapes me, but it's like, wow, she's still in it. She's still doing right, it. Right. And so, yeah, you, you learn not to 
not to shut out an idea because it's quote unquote too crazy. Mm-hmm. Out there, there is no too crazy. Right. It just it, it doesn't exist out there. If you can think about it and you got the balls to go for it, mm-hmm. and I mean that's really half the battle. Most people talk themselves out of crazy ideas before they even try. Mm. You know, whereas out there, that's not the case. Right. You get encouraged. It's like, go for it. See what happens. What do you got to lose? But for every one of those that does work, the, uh, the streets of Hollywood are, are paved with broken dreams. Yes. Yada, 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 and every other overly used cliche. That, that is also <laughs> very true. That is very true. A I very saw... common trope of even music videos, especially oh, yeah. in the 80s. Uh, Poison did one. Richard Marx did one, and they, they all show that wide-eyed, idealistic, hayseed girl getting yeah. off the bus, oh, yeah. and either she turns into a whore, or you know she's just or miserable worse. and goes back home. Yeah, or worse. Yeah, there are worse things than death. Yeah. Well, what was that uh, <laughs> Tom Petty video that we we actually talked oh, yeah, about? Oh yeah, into the great wide open. Yeah, another good one. Yeah, that was a good example of one of those deals that worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I think the dude ODs and dies in the end, doesn't he, or something like that? They allude to something like bad that. stuff yeah. happening. Yeah. Which, yeah, it does, does happen from time to time. Right. And you know, the um, and, and that's a, an excellent point you make. It's just like the attitude is just different from coast to coast. And lately there's been a lot of things, and it's easy for me, look, to look at California and just despise everything. Yeah, throw a couple of rocks. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's like a different planet. But, Very much so. you know, the stuff that, that gets me is that, and I had mentioned this to you before, on one hand, let's say all, all the different social issues and the agendas and whatnot yep. of trying to build a utopian society. Oh, yeah. It's liberal as hell. It's, right. It's, they've got yeah. great ideas and they've got backing and they've got money, but yet nothing ever really makes anything get any better. That, again, <laughs> is a perception. Whereas uh-huh. at least on the East Coast, using New York as an example, yeah. it's cyclical. It goes from like shit show to respectable, you know, city on, uh, like you said before, city on the hill. Yeah. New York becomes the Big Apple again, like for a couple of years, every 10 year cycle, yeah. you know? And, you know, that that's, again, just speaking to your point, but, you know, oddly enough, something that's rankled me as of late. Yeah. Looking at Hollywood okay. and how they normally nurture and protect their own. Yeah. And, I mean, you can't spell Hollywood without the H for hypocrisy. But <laughs> I saw a thing the other yeah. day where, and I forget the gentleman's name. I'm sorry. He's a famous uh, Asian actor who's played the old Asian guy in everything. Okay. okay. Pamarita? Nope. No. Was it James Kwan, maybe? or Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Okay. But he finally got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. And I, and I started thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, I'm surprised he wasn't on there already. Because as much as we rail against the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. if you look at who's got a star and who doesn't, oh, yeah. it's all over the place. Yes, it is. I mean, they're ready to give one to like, like Billie Eilish or some shit like that who's been famous for 15 minutes. Yeah. And yet this guy that's been in countless movie roles and whatnot... Just got his. Well, to frame <laughs> it, do you know that the people that get the stars on the walk actually have to pay the star, pay for the really? stars? Really? Yes, they do. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's. If I remember correctly, this could be an outdated figure, but it costs you like about four or five grand. Well, I imagine maybe they're like their fan clubs and stuff like that probably float the bill. Maybe because uh, even Adam West. Yeah. God rest his soul. Indeed. Got his like within the last ten years. Yeah. Now. Let alone just for Batman, but voiceover work and the stuff he did with Family Guy and mm-hmm. just kind of always being in the pop culture conscience. 
it took him that long to, to get a star in friggin' Hollywood Walk of Fame? Yeah, you'd, you'd think. But right. having, having worked in and around the entertainment industry out there for about 20 years, one of the things I recognized about it is one of, if not the most vicious businesses that <laughs> you, you could possibly get involved in. <laughs> oh, no, it's merciless. It is. It's unreal. And, uh, and uh, Bette Midler, quote of all people, uh, has long stuck with me. I read this many, many years ago uh, where somebody had asked her, I think it was probably right around the time that the Rose took off. Mm -hmm. She was experiencing a very high level of success. They asked her what was the most difficult thing about finding success. Right. And without missing a beat, she snapped off finding someone who's happy for you. Yeah, and that was a long time ago, but you know what? volumes. Yeah, it's got to be the exact same way. not changed. has not changed. And, uh, okay, so let's look at it it a different way now. Yeah. For all the beautiful weather, and this is, now we're not going to be personal, we're just talking about it how it is right for all the beautiful weather like you said it's about how many days of perfect weather out of uh, the year? about 300 days they're identical that is unreal. um you know <laughs> mid 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 70s during the day yep uh hazy sunshine that's mm-hmm. the big thing out there hazy sunshine okay and overnight lows in the mid 60s all right now yet in spite of all that idyllic beauty yeah i would be hard pressed to think of someplace other than oh i don't know australia where you got a better chance of just something killing you. Oh, sure. Okay? <laughs> Let's well, start with natural disasters. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, Forest the, fires, out yeah, of control. Well, the, the idyllic beauty thing, mm-hmm. can it's a little deceptive. It's one of those things, uh, you know, don't look too close. You might right, not like right. what you see. Um, you know, one of the points that you made when we were throwing this topic around back and forth over the course of the week was the regulatory measures out there um, to address the problem of smog. Mm-hmm. Um, you have no idea, <laughs> no idea how toxic the smog is out there. It's, it's unreal. Um, you can see it in the air at mm. certain points during the day. Uh, basically, you've got over 30 million vehicles on the road in California uh, creating you know, this, this thing they call smog. Um, it's car exhaust. It's coal power plants, factory emissions. And when the sun hits it, um, apparently the rays create a, a chemical change. They say the fucking smog is the fucking reason you have such beautiful fucking sunsets. Uh, that's basically ground-level ozone. Mm. Um, and then you get smog. And, you know, when you're, when you're driving over the Hollywood Hills going down into the San Fernando Valley, it literally looks like a bowl of smog. Right. You know, the, the geography traps, traps this shit and keeps it from getting blown away. And... You know, same thing, you're getting off the freeway and driving through downtown Long Beach, mm-hmm. for example. I think Long Beach has got the worst air pollution of any city in the entire country. You can see this shit in the air. Mm. And you stop and you say to yourself, my God, I'm breathing that. Right. You know, so like I said, if you, if you look closely, maybe not quite as idyllic as it appears right. from well, a distance. Thing. I mean, the wildfires are in the news now, but we never heard about that when we were young. You know, that's, that's a man-made event. Well, it's 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 a problem that has been exacerbated by climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just I, actually that was one of the things that I was looking into. Um, you and Al Gore, <laughs> yeah. you're you're a good buddy. That's an interesting uh, person <laughs> to link me to. Thank you very much. Um, but it, as far as um, what causes forest fires out there, it's extreme drought and extreme temperature changes 
that, that. How about just not enough irrigation? Uh, there's a lot of that, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does come down to... Well, I mean, what do you expect? You built the city on a desert. That's the thing. You know, basically, the West West is like from Las Vegas to the Pacific Ocean. That's one big desert. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they put a city on it. What do you think is going to happen? Right. You know, and you've got all these people that are sucking up all the water and all the moisture. Mm-hmm. They had a fire out there just recently. I think it was in 2020. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but I can't come up with it off the top of my head. But it burned an area the size of Rhode Island, mm. you know, to get, get an idea of how big these fires are. And again, it's, it's just it's a perfect storm scenario. You've got a shit ton of people. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, an, or, an already ordinary, extremely dry climate exacerbated by climate change. Right. It's just a recipe for disaster. And it, it really doesn't is. get you the earthquake, Will, because it's coming. That's the rumor. <laughs> That is the rumor. And, uh, yeah, I, that was another thing that I experienced on multiple occasions uh, while I was out there. And, yeah, it's, it's something that unless you've gone through one, mm-hmm. you really can't explain it to somebody else. You know, it's kind of like tripping on acid in that respect. Unless you've done it, you can't really communicate it. But I was there for the Northridge quake, mm-hmm. and that was scary as hell, quite honestly. But it's one of those things where it's just part of the whole experience. Right. You know, and I will say after the Northridge quake in particular... There was an inordinate amount of people that said, that's it, I'm mm-hmm. leaving. You know, I remember talking to people, neighbors and whatnot, they couldn't drive under freeways anymore, you know, freeway overpasses, because one of the things that happened on that quake was it collapsed huge, huge uh, freeway, uh, elevated freeways. Mm. And yeah, pretty, pretty goddamn scary, I got to say. Yeah. Um, but again, it's one of those things where either you live with it and you work, work around it, you talk yourself out of the fear or whatever, or you pack up and bail the hell out of town. Well, let me like pose this one to you as we can somehow find a way out of this, because we could just go on and on and on <laughs> debating you know, the, the, the good and the bad, the pros and the cons. Yep. You know, I, we agree that there's definitely a different mindset in California. They most definitely create their own reality out right. there. No doubt about it. Now, my, my $10 question is, do you think that will ever change? Or do you think someday things will, you know, reach a crescendo? They just the different mentality will lead them to succeed from the union, or maybe attempt to to form their own true republic. That in the whole time that I was out there was never really on the agenda, mm-hmm. like it is in say like Texas, right. where every five minutes there, you know, yep. some redneck <laughs> governor out there is talking about, well, we should secede from. And I constantly say we should give Texas back to Mexico. I really do think, but that's mm-hmm. a topic for a, for another day. Well, wasn't there a scuttlebutt for a little while at least of dividing California in two? Uh, two states? There was definitely, and most recently, uh, conversations took place about that, and mm-hmm. it does make sense because there is such an extreme difference between um, what is generally regarded as Northern California, the, the San Francisco area, which is really not. That's actually more like Central California, Okay, but it's hugely different than Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, not as much now as it was when I first got out there in 1985. When I got out there in 1985, Southern California was distinctly conservative. And over the course of 10, 15 years from that point, it swung hard to the left. It was almost like the Silicon Valley thing made it too expensive for the hippies to mm-hmm. live up there. Right. So they came south, you know, and they brought their politics with them, and it, and it got distinctly more liberal. But it did... The whole thing seemed to cycle to me. 
like when I first got out there in the in the mid '80s, it was kind of like a lot of the major cities, in particular New York, mm-hmm. where it was just coming out of this horrible period of the '70s, where the city was bankrupt and right. they couldn't collect garbage. And I all blame this other disco stuff. personally. Did, disco had a lot to do with disco, cocaine, yeah. and quaaludes. I think really, <laughs> really put the kibosh on things. But uh, but it progressed from there. I caught it on an up up draft, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And in the 1990s, it was thriving. And there was definitely this feeling of, ha-ha, it worked. You know, you can't tell us what to do anymore because, you know, we did it our way and it worked. But by the time I left town in 2010, it was definitely going in the other direction. Mm -hmm. You know, the homeless thing in particular uh, was becoming a real serious problem. And it continues to this day. Uh, California in 2020 had 161,000 homeless people. That's 28% of all the homeless people in the United States. Right. And they still haven't figured out what to do about it. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely, if you look close, there's holes in that idyllic persona, that, that perception that people have. They, they have their issues. Right. Well, see, I mean, just you admitting that takes, takes all the fire out of my my. <laughs> Damn, I thought you were going to defend him a little harder than that. Sorry about that, Johnny. But see, this is what we do here. We yeah. have intelligent, even-handed debates. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, it's not a situation where you were completely right or completely wrong. You know, the taxation thing, Right. that's that's another good example. And my point is, and I, I, I can't, you know, emphasize this enough, I don't have, and I don't have the right to, you know, fairly criticize California because I never lived out there. Yeah. I've been there on business, spent a little time. Yeah. And I had mixed results of what I saw and got to do. So personally, yeah, California don't bother me. Yeah. And it's probably because of my uptight conservative media sources that I look at. <laughs> uh, it's it's just like a giant like Caligula-esque orgy every day over there of things that I despise. Yeah, which is probably the main reason why I moved out there to begin with. Right. And the truth, I was saying, the tr- <laughs> truth is probably half of that. Sure. Yeah. You know. Well, it's it's again, like you said, it, it's. The truth is about half that. Mm-hmm. But I will say of my adopted hometown and my, my, my good friends still out there, um, to their credit, they're not bullshit. They walk it like they talk it. Mm-hmm. Unlike some other places I know who are extremely liberal in their rhetoric, Boston, uh, <laughs> but in their way of life, they're actually extremely nimby. Right. And, uh, and yeah, they're, they're basically full of shit. And I, I totally hear you on that. And the one thing I will always readily say is that, you know, I have a lot of friends that are devout liberals. And, uh, you know, they walk the walk and talk the talk. And, and they believe in what they do. And they, they see uh, a finish line in the future where the world's a better place. So I have nothing but respect for that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, look, Mike makes right in my book many times. <laughs> and California is so friggin' big, they could be a self-sustaining entity. They really could. You know, from manufacturing to, to f- agriculture and, and oh, yeah. entertainment and science and education. They got it all. Oh, yeah. Well, I think they got <laughs> the third largest GDP. Um, there you go. But, again, you know, the, the, the fantasy and the reality, you know, in 2003, we threw out the governor you know, an established lifelong politician, and we took an action star, an action movie star, yep. who had never held a, an elected office in his life, and plugged him into the governor's office. I just wish they would stop eating their babies and throwing their virgins <laughs> in volcanoes like they tell me on Fox News. Yeah. I would like them to stop that. So, on that note, <laughs> let's hit the middle gem, shall we? Oh, Continuing like in our idea. California I, I, theme. I like, yeah, I like that idea. Let's middle gem this. What summer. have you brought to the table, sir? Well, you know, nothing... 
uh, musically screams California like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Truth. They they are they are California, mm-hmm. and that's kind of it, it was very hard to narrow it down because they have so many songs that are so representative of. But the one we decided to pick was off of their monster 2006 release, Stadium Arcadium. Yep. This is a song called Danny California. And truth be told, folks, initially, <laughs> Michael said, "Well, I was thinking Californication," and I was like. Damn, that's just so self-serving and <laughs> condescending, and that's low-hanging fruit. And then you're like, or Danny California, and I'm like, oh, that might work nice. <laughs> so he's right in everything he said. Enjoy the tune, and we'll be back with more some things and stuff. Yeah. 
that not reek of California? Just, just, just reek of California. That's got like a milliliter of California juice in it. It does. To reference the California raisins. Yeah. And I mean, you could make a good argument for the Chili Peppers being the quintessential California band. Yeah. I mean, they of the modern age, most certainly. Yeah. Let's say that it was Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. After that, it was the Chili Peppers. Yeah. They've they've <laughs> run. They they've flown that flag yeah. and outlasted pretty much. Everybody. Truth. You know, I mean, God, they were just in Boston last weekend. I don't know how the hell I missed yep, that. They went one. from a bunch of allowed Utes doing <laughs> skate rock into yep. yep. mixing it up with some funk and getting a lot of airplay to becoming really, I mean, even in front of the Foo Fighters as, as the senior statesman yeah. of modern rock and roll. Well, it's funny because there were a lot of bands. No, I shouldn't say there were a lot of bands. There were a handful of bands that I listened to back then when they were first coming mm-hmm. out. When I first hit Southern Cal. The Chili Peppers were a club band, right? You know, and then they blew up to this this monster stadium rock thing. Um, but you know, again, just quintessential. Yeah, just cool. They got it figured out. They've got it figured out for yeah. many many years. And uh, and the point I was trying to make, which was escaping me for a minute there, um, <laughs> of those bands, there were some bands that I prefer the mature version of the band versus right. the youthful band. Yep. I can say that about Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. uh, and I can most definitely say that about the Chili Peppers. I agree. I love the mature adult Chili Peppers mm-hmm. a lot more than the funky monks, right. you know, of the <laughs> 80s, you know? <laughs> Not that they weren't great back then, they were, but yep. yeah, the, the, the maturity that that band has shown is just incredible. And I could actually work that in reverse with, say, Rod Stewart, because I'm a yeah. big fan. Love his stuff with Faces, faces. or with Jeff Beck, yep. and even his own like early solo stuff. And then it just got, you know, yeah, he's, like it does in many cases. Yeah, he's kind of watered down. Kind of gone Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, getting back to uh, Danny California, that of course was from their 2006 release, Stadium Arcadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a monster, uh, the album itself. And it's kind of funny, the song, apparently, the working title of the song was Wu Tang. Huh. Because apparently, Chad Smith's drum sound. Uh, sounded very similar to the drum sound on Wu Tang's 1993 debut, uh, "Enter the Wu Tang." Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. Working title: Wu Tang. Wu Tang is for the children. Becomes becomes Danny California. There you go. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Either way, damn fine choice. We're like two oh, for two on these gems nice. today. Nice. Yeah, we're rocking. And the it. best is we're yet to come. Kids. Indeed. So, indeed. So First, yeah, let us segue, shall we? Yes. Let the subtopic rear its ugly head like yeah. the Kraken. And here's what we got for you today, folks. We kicked this around a couple of different ways, but in staying with the California theme, yep. we said to ourselves, selves, if we were to put, respectively, uh, three films about California into a uh, vault of sorts and buried it, yep. in common parlance, that's a time capsule. There we go. And if somebody was to dig it up, what, two, three hundred years from now, they would get an exact idea of what California is all about. Yep. Okay. Yep. Pretty simple concept. Yep. Very difficult in choosing. Extremely <laughs> difficult. Oh my god! And it just because kept... duh, somebody left the barn door open. Oh, man. And we forgot because we're old and feeble now. That yeah, pretty much every movie comes from California. Yeah. So it's the phrase. But hey, what about? <laughs> right. Was a constant. But hey, what about? Oh man, yeah, that's yeah. oh man. So why don't you do the uh, alternates first? That didn't all make right. the cut. All right. Yeah. Na- na- narrowing it down, and people are gonna cringe when they hear that these didn't make the cut. <laughs> But yeah, we got to throw out honorable mentions to, of course, Valley Girl. Yep, yep. Which played a huge part in my moving to California to begin with. Um, another another one that just nailed 
Southern California in the 1980s to live and die in L.A. Yep. Very noir, very yeah. gritty. Yep, yep, and very influential. Sure. Uh, very, very early William Defoe, mm-hmm. uh, an artist, if there ever was one. Right. Uh, what did, you know, you came up with a couple that we wanted an honorable mention, didn't you? Yeah, but then I put them away. So I'll just say, like, <laughs> the, one, the one that came to mind was um, L.A. Confidential. Yes. Only because it really captures the, the L.A. of the 50s. As everything's like burgeoning, yep. you know? Yep. And so many stars in the movie speaks for itself. Oh my God, sick cast. And then here's sick another cast. one that I would have thought to throw in, but I didn't. Uh, at a total left field, yeah. The Rocketeer. Interesting. Because it takes place in the old in the thirties, pre World War Two yep. um LA. Yep. And at one point they've still got like the Hollywood land sign up. Yes. Um and it's just yeah, it's just that, that simpler, when everything was more like a farm yeah. out in California yeah. then. And let me clarify for a moment for you young folks. <laughs> Once upon a time, the the infamous, the famous Hollywood sign actually said Hollywood Land. Indeed. And uh, there are pictures, there are postcards. Look it up. <laughs> Would you care for a picture postcard? <laughs> and yes, that used to come as one full word. <laughs> while we're getting old-timey. Oh a picture goodness. postcard. Old-timey. <laughs> So, <laughs> let's get to the ones get that to it. did, in fact, make the list. All right. You want me to go first or go first? Yeah, go for it. All right. Coming in at my number three, yes. a lifelong favorite, and as a kid, I thought told me everything I needed to know about life in sunny California, yep. the original Bad News Bears. Nice. It makes my list in so many different ways. I think it was on our sports one we did one time. Yep. But there's just something about Now, again, as, as a kid from the East Coast, you know, yep. like Coast Coast, 10 minutes from the beach, I would look at the opposite end. I'm like, well, what's going on there? Yeah. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, too. Yeah. Just the sunshine and the sprawling spaces and the greenery. Everything was just so idyllic. Yet that movie works, obviously, because it also shows the... Yeah, the underbelly of yeah. all that buttermaker drinking <laughs> beer for breakfast. Right, right. Yeah, so and no, no disrespect to Billy Bob Thornton, but uh-huh. never should have gone there. Never should have gone. Should have left that one alone. Yeah, that yeah. we can blame on California too. Indeed, we can. Indeed, we can. What do you got, sir? Uh, my number three choice was a, a little ditty, a very interesting uh, niche film, I guess you could call it, uh, called Two Days in the Valley. Nice. Uh, I tend to think that was the peak of Danny Aiello's acting career. Okay. You know, okay. He carried that film, and very well, I must say. Huh. Um, you know, after years of doing character and support roles, he got a chance to step out on that one, and I think he nailed it. And just the vibe, you right. know, and seeing an evil Jeff Daniels, yeah, you know, was was just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they the zeitgeist of L.A. They they did nail it with Two Days in the Valley. So cool. props to them. All right, all right. What do you got for your number two, Johnny? Well, moving into number two, it's getting more interesting now. All right, I got to go with uh, another one of my favorite movies, Get Shorty. Wow, yes, because it's it's sarcasm and tongue in cheek nature and how they skewer all things, <laughs> L.A. and Hollywood. <laughs> yes, they do. And and on a like I said, on, on a second level, I'm such a big fan of the Godfather movies. Yeah, and how they made use of so many. Uh, Reimagined scenes yep. and and a lot of the spot B actors from those movies in this movie. Yes, it's like a double layer of comedy, and uh, it just works so well because John Travolta is obviously having the time of his life. Yeah. making this movie. Yeah, as is Rene Russo, Danny DeVito, mm-hmm. um, James Farentino. They're they're all good in it. Yeah, um, yep. the sequel. Yeah, we just not touch it. Uh, as no, you said earlier, not, never should there. Never no, should. No. <laughs> And uh, and I, I gotta say I, I totally love that call. Um, 
having been out there, having lived it, you know, some of the things that they that they touch on, some of the vibes, yep. you know, the whole, you know, Travolta uh, relocating from Brooklyn, yep. you know, falling in love with the film industry. So many shots they take at the film industry that were dead on accurate. Yep. And that was an intelligent comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't stupid, idiot, uh, kind of like, unfortunately, the sequel. Yeah. You know, low-hanging fruit bullshit comedy. This was like an intelligent Sure. Uh, it wasn't it based on an Elmore James book. Um, Elmore Leonard. Elmore Leonard. Yes. Excuse me. Yes. Yes. And yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, I liked it so much. I bought the DVD. Yeah. yeah, it was one of the few movies I actually saw twice in the theaters because I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. And like out of nowhere, one of the things that made me laugh just because I know these people from the East Coast during my brief reign as someone of some import <laughs> was when they go to the restaurant and Danny Vito doesn't order off the menu, yeah. gets this whole special <laughs> thing, and then leaves without and then like, touching it. Yeah, right, totally, right. totally. I've had lunches with people like that. Oh, totally. <laughs> he nailed it. He absolutely <laughs> nailed it. And yeah, the whole glad handing coming in, hey, how you doing? Right, Shaking right. your hands. Yep. You know, and how Rene Russo was explaining, you know, when she was married to Martin, he wasn't like that back then. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and now, you know, they walk into this mansion, he's got that big portrait. Of himself know? as like Napoleon. Yeah, you know? it was like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> It was like one of those inside jokes things that just like were striking nerves left and right, right if you're yeah. familiar with the industry. Everything at all, in that so. movie just, just works. So yeah. there you go. That's Good my call, number two. Man. Good call. Um, my number two uh, is actually going to indicate how impactful my number one choice is because oh this was one of the best indie films of all time. Oof. And so, so captures a vibe and an energy that is uniquely Southern California. Uh, for my number two, I'm going with Pulp Fiction. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. Nice. Yes. Yes. You know, and, and, you know, we should probably throw Reservoir Dogs in that honorable mention category. I agree. But, yeah, Quentin hit a grand slam with Pulp Fiction. He really did. But, like I said, it's my number two. I have to throw in... uh a real quick aside to what you just said because it jostled something. Okay. That's been my like mental earworm all week. Yeah. As everybody knows, you know, the, the Queen just died, so yep. we have yep. all kinds of coverage about that. Mm-hmm. And every every time they show a picture of the two grandsons, William and Harry, with yep. their respective wives, yep. all in their black outfits walking down the street. I swear to God, the opening scene from Reservoir Dogs comes in my head, <laughs> and I hear what's his name singing "Little Green Bag," right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, this is are they doing this on purpose? Yeah. And they keep showing that shot in a million different ways, but it's still the four of them in the black suits, and I'm like, do 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 do. And you know, it's funny, and this this kept happening. Uh, in prep when we were working on this that we'd come up with another and another. Yeah. We just came up with another. Do you remember L.A. story? Yes. Steve Martin. Uh, what's your name? The chick from uh, Sex in the City? Oh, uh, uh, the, the one with the horse face. Yeah. That's, what? Sarah Jessica Parker? Horse face? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's okay. a thing. It's a thing. But just like <laughs> the, the jokes, you know, um, that that was just so insider. Yep. Would just, if you knew anything about that culture, they were just Unbelievably hilarious, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just a target-rich environment. Yeah, really the is. scene at the ATM. I'll be your mugger for the, for this evening. <laughs> you know, just oh, just just a great movie. Just yeah, but unfortunately, on this list, honorable mention. Yep. So, All right. Does so that does that put me? At, no, where's you off? Uh, number two. You yeah, I just did my number two. Okay, so that brings so, me to number three. 
or number one, depending on how or, you're looking yeah. at well, it. Well, I guess it is the number one because it's at the uh, the the peak. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I had to go with a true heavyweight period piece if ever there was one. Okay. Fast times at Ridgemont High. Oh, really? Slam dunk. Because on every friggin' level. Oh man. It captures the '80s. It captures the Southern California. It captures. Yeah, everything. Mall culture, the mall culture, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean Spicoli, the coming of age. Everyone can relate surfer. to that, right? Yeah, yeah. And Starladen. What are you people on dope? Um, oh well, my God, the cast, the right? Cast was amazing. Lead it off with um, Sean Penn, I'm one of your favorites, I'm sure. Yep, yep. yep. And then you got uh, <laughs> Judge Reinhold, who pretty much peaked there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Jennifer, was it Jennifer? Con- no, Phoebe Cates, yeah, the famous yep. Cars yep. song uh, oh, unveiling, yeah. and uh, the little blonde chick. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes. 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 Who, who has often played the role of a whore. And is a daring, yes. daring actress. Yes. Just, you know, if you want to <laughs> talk about an actress with balls, yep. it's that chick. She yes. just, yeah. yeah. But uh, first time Forrest Whitaker role for under Yes, too. yes. The, 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 the Eric Stoltz star. was in there as one of the yep. surf dudes. Yep. Goalie. Um, what's his name? Mr. Hand. Uh, Ray Walson <laughs> in that. <laughs> yeah. So many stars. So yeah, and Mr. that was Han, I had completely forgotten about yeah, him. Yeah, and that was really, at least in terms of the modern age, that set the tone for all these other like generic yep. '80s. Let's call them VHS movies. Yeah, whether it be Porky's, Hard Bodies, mm-hmm. Meatballs, any, all of that yep. comes from Fast Pale Arms. Imitators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call, Johnny. Thank Good you. call. Um, my number one. It's it's cinematic royalty. Um, to me, it's up there with Citizen Kane. Is arguably one of the best films of all time. Wow! Um, and again, if you know the history of Southern California, um, the issues that they discuss, uh, based on reality, mm-hmm. and the cast in this film was amazing. Uh, if you haven't figured it out already, I am, of course, talking about Chinatown. Chinatown, yep. yeah, yep. Just, a, just unbelievable, top to bottom. Yeah, you know, I mean, right to the the end, the last line in the film, Jake, it's Chinatown. Right. You know, just. And, 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 you know, it doesn't have that happy ending. Right. Bullshit. And we Hollywood actually think so of that famous. now almost in, in tongue-in-cheek because of um, the recent show on Paramount about the making of The Godfather, yes. The Offer. Yes, They're trying, during the course of this thing, they're trying to get Chinatown made, and everybody who presents it to the studio heads, whether it's the actors, the producers, the head of the studio, nobody can kind of, like, sexy it up in a one-page. Yeah. They're like, well, it's about water. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and detective stuff, and but yeah, you're right. It's it's one of the the greatest American movies of all time. Oh, yeah. And and the, the <clears throat> whole the whole storyline of with John Huston mm-hmm. and incest. Yeah, you know, I mean, talk about balls to yeah. go for that, and uh, and just a tour de force for Jack Nicholson. Yeah, and perhaps back then because you know everything was still so cosmetically gilded in the land of Hollywood. Yep. Maybe that's why a lot of these the studio people weren't enamored with it, because it finally paints an honest, yes. in some cases, ugly picture Very ugly. of how that town was run. Oh, you yeah. Know? And oh, yeah. You got, I had asked you instantly. Roman Polanski is in the film. Right, right. You know? And I, you know, for the folks at home, I'm really not as bright as the character <laughs> I play on the radio. <laughs> I, I asked Michael, I'm like, you know, you always see these, like, I don't know, what are they, aqueducts or yeah. reservoirs, and but they're always drained, and they got garbage and shopping carts in them and whatnot. And mattresses. Right, right. And if I'm not explaining it well enough, folks, just think the car race scene from Greece. Okay? Yeah. Or Terminator 2. Or Terminator yeah. 2, yeah. right. Yeah. And it's like, I said to him, does this 
serve a purpose? Did they ever fill up with water? And I learned that during a deluge of, of, of a rain, yes, they do fill up with water and they serve some kind of purpose. Yeah. Well, but again, it, as an East Coast kid, I was like, what do those things do? Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's you know, the, the, uh, the song that we referenced, that I referenced in trying to explain it, with the line, it never rains in Southern California, it pours. Yep. That's actually true. You don't get the light spring rain yeah. in Southern California. You either get no rain at all, or you get a deluge that like collapses cliffs in Malibu. And yep. that's when those aqueducts fill up and wash away uh, bums, you know, <laughs> failed politicians. Whistleblowers. Right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right out into the Pacific they go. So, yeah, that's the story behind that. And there you go, folks. So those are our entries, uh, which I think pretty, wet, uh, pretty much yeah, encompass everything California. Right? Though I'm sure if we sit here for another five minutes, we'll come up with another five and we'll, films. Yeah, we'll yeah. probably knock these out of the rotation yeah, anyway. No doubt. But, uh, yeah, so that's what's up with that. We'll bury it in the ground and dig it up 300 years from now. There we go. But I'll tell you what we'll do right now, and that is play our third jam of the episode. Yes, the all-important third jam. The all-important third jam. Now, keep in mind, folks, we picked these three songs not just because they kind of represent what we're about tonight, which is all things California, but they've all got great videos as well. Indeed they do. So do yourself a favor (laughs) and check them out, and including this last one. Uh, this is this is a, a, a real gem. This is, the, in my mind, the definition of a gem. Oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> and this Somebody is a band. tranquilize him, please. This is a <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I got my third Mai Tai going here. Um, this is a band that I really didn't like until I saw him live. And when I saw him live, I got it. It was like, okay, yeah. Um, I am, of course, talking about Weezer. And uh, this is a site-specific song uh, called Beverly Hills. And there you go. The rest is self-explanatory. Enjoy it, folks, and we'll be right back with some more things, stuff, and a wrap-up. Where I come from isn't all that great. My automobile is a piece of crap. My fashion sense is a little whack, and my friends are just as screwy as me. I didn't go to boarding schools. Preppy girls never looked at me. Why should they? I ain't nobody got nothing in my pocket.
I don't stand a chance It's something that you're born into And I just don't belong No I don't, I'm just a no-class beat-down fool And I will always be that way I might as well enjoy my life and watch the stars Again, such a good video. Yeah. Just fun. These yeah. are fun. Yes, they are. <laughs> and I think a good way to cap off the whole California thing. Yep. Came I full mean, circle. You know, Hugh Hefner in the vid, you know, the shot at the Playboy Mansion. That was tasty stuff. Yep. Even and some of the scenes in the grotto, as they're saying. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I was surprised because I thought that was off limits, you yeah. know, to the public. That, you know, will make you aspire to be a rock star, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? Because that's, that's good stuff right there. Yep. That's, that's, just uh, that spoils funny. of yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny we should go with a, a Weezer song. Well, which album was that off of? Uh, that was on their 2005 release, Make Believe. Got it. And uh, according to Rivers Cuomo, uh, when they initially did it, it was actually a sincere desire on his part to live this idyllic life right in Beverly Hills. And somehow between, you know, recording it and when it eventually came out and whatnot, it turned sarcastic. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't his intention when he wrote it. It was really him being sincere about, wouldn't this be nice, you know, like the kind of high you get from all of those perfect days right. in California. Right. You know, just the epitome of that. I look at Beverly Hills now, the home of the smash and grab. Yeah. Oof. Indeed. But and, funny. And, yeah, no more Hugh Hefner. <laughs> no you know, more Hugh happens, right? you know. Half dies, the whole yep. place goes to shit, you know? And uh, by no coincidence, or actually a coincidence, but we'll pretend it wasn't, uh -huh. uh, we went with that final um, Weezer one, because Weezer, uh, in addition to their good friends, I'm guessing, Rancid, yes. <laughs> they've joined the ranks of the uh, artists that have been showcased in the Classic Rock Showcase yeah. on Big Boom Radio. I'm sure those guys hang, you know? Oh, yeah, and, and, and again... Uh, so easy to do an hour, and I'm yeah. sitting there jamming out in the studio, and I'm yeah. recording it. Nice, just like fun. I was able in, in both cases to go back to my opening line of you know one of my favorite bands, mm -hmm. blah 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 blah. Yeah, and just just so damn good. Yeah, so damn. Like good. I said, I, I I really wasn't on board with the Weezer thing until I saw them. I believe it was at Coachella, uh -huh. and seeing them live, they rocked. They yeah. were they were rocking. It was like yeah okay. You know, I, I missed the boat. This, these guys went by me. Never too late. When they first came out, but yep. you know, I'm making up for lost time now. Lost, you know, yeah. lost ground. Making up. Why does that phrase go? Making Made up, up for, for lost time. Basically. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Your love of the halfling's leaf has clearly slowed your mind. But no, it's never too late to get in with them. And again, Indeed. another group that's very visual. Yeah. And uh, like I said to you earlier, my my favorite video of all time. Well, next to Van Halen, Pretty Woman, right. is uh, them doing Buddy Holly. Nice. To this day, it yes. just brings a smile to my face. Yes. Just so well done, you yep. know? Yep. And uh, again, just 
That's why they're yeah. a California band, yeah. man. So if you were wondering what was going on in Big Boom Radio this week, that's one thing. That's one thing. Yeah. <laughs> got anything else going on, Johnny? Well, we still got a double header night of uh, pro wrestling coming, I believe, first weekend. Actually, it's Columbus Day weekend. Oh, okay. Which means I won't be able to go. Uh. <sighs> Stupid yeah. job. Mm. But, uh, yeah, and it's uh, just uh, something war. I got to get the direct title on that. But, of course, we're once again proudly sponsoring it, but not as Big Boom Radio this time, but more for our flagship show, the Rockabilly Rumble. The Rumble. So, yes, if you ever get a chance, folks, tune in. It's just bigger than all of us. <laughs> it is. It's got a life of its own. Yes, it does. Yep. And, it, yeah, it, it runs It runs. On, on it its runs. own, like it turns saying, out to do things. You yeah. know, every week is a different theme. We focus on a different like facet of it. It's it's my labor of love. Yeah. as is you know all of this. Well, let's face it. If you don't dig rockabilly, there's something wrong with you. Right, you're one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so on that note, don't be one of them. No. Be one of us. Yes. And join us every well more or less week that we do this because as always, I'm Johnny Teflon and I'm Michael Sean Lee, and we'll see us all on the flip side. <laughs>